talk about, you know, what what hope is. There's a sentence for hope and just essentially that it's the ability to look to the future and then resilience just gets you through today. And so for some people, you know, that's just a challenge in itself. And so building that resilience muscle, you know, navigating the challenges of today and then staying focused on the future, that gives you hope to keep going. host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. Welcome to the interview sessions where I put my curious questions to inspiring people. I have one goal in mind for our time together as to inspire you in some way, just to do one thing as a result of what you hear that's going to ultimately leave you a little bit better in your heart and in your mind. These interview sessions are brought to you by our great friends at Web creation head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices today on episode 123 i am joined by bert danner bert is a former u.s navy officer he has a successful career in sales and leadership and he's written a personal development book called conquer overcome setbacks build resilience and restore hope. It documents a number of stories uh, that that Bert himself has lived, has overcome his own setbacks. He's had to build his own resilience and with faith and hope in his walk. It's a great conversation. I really hope it inspires you in some way. Please do reach out. Let us know what questions you have. Please do share this on social. Tag us in. It's at Dana Burt and at Ryan B. Hartley. And come and talk about it in our community. If you're not part of our Facebook community, we are always better than yesterday. Come and join us. It's a community that insists on one thing. You come and be yourself and hopefully leave a little bit better. Enjoy episode 123. I'm your host, Ryan Hartley, and this is Bert Danner. Bert, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be here. I am sat here with the legacy of quarantine. Like you, you, you took the time to put your heart and mind and your story into this book here: conquer, overcome setbacks, build resilience, restore hope. Why did you choose to use quarantine to uh, write a book? You know, I, I didn't. I had a lot of extra time on my hands, so that that helped. Um, but I think, uh, you know. Through all the years, you know, uh, I've had so many people say, hey, you should write a book about your life. You've had a pretty interesting life and lots of adversity and challenges you overcame them. And and of course, I'd always blow it off. It was like, that's nice. You know, appreciate that. But um, when 2020 happened, it was, you know, the whole world was going through adversity for the most part. And I, it just seemed like the right time. I just wanted to tell my story, be an encouragement to people. Mm. and uh, just pass along some lessons learned you know, from the military and, and just my time since the military and, and just try to be of some value to people. I love that. 
it's such a great story and I'd love to know what was life like pre 2003 yeah so you know 2003 and before I was a military officer I was in the Navy U.S. Navy and uh, for me that was a dream come true Um, you know and I'll tell the story in the book I so I started off as a, a lowly, um, you know, swab decks. I was an enlisted guy and just thought, you know, someday I'd really like to be an officer and kind of learned that path and what I had to do. And I got a college degree and, and, and achieved my dream. I became a naval aviator and uh, just was having a great time. It was uh, just awesome. We lived in Iceland of all places. So we were pretty close to the UK. And uh, just fantastic, just having a lot of fun, me and my wife. Um, and then, uh, you know, things kind of came to a sudden stop. So at the time, there was a huge drawdown uh, in the U.S. Navy and the U.S. Air Force because they were moving money around. And I'll, I'll talk about that in the book, so I won't get into too much detail. But uh, so, yeah, they were reducing the force. Uh, and I was part of that group. So I was part of, you know, 1600, 1600. Um, military officers that, you know, were given a chance to exit. And uh, so life suddenly changed. Mm. So how, um, how, so the fact that you had no control over that, did that make it easier or was it harder, harder to take? Yeah, for me, it was really hard because, you know, I was living my dream and, um, you know, I try to think of analogies, you know, if you're a doctor, for instance, and, let's just say there's too many doctors and the government says, you know what, I know you invest all this time, money, effort, years, but unfortunately we have too many doctors. So we're going to have to ask you to go do something else. And so it kind of a weak analogy, but that's the way it felt. Um, so, you know, that was uh, something I couldn't control. And so that was just a journey, the beginning of a journey for me to learn how to, to readjust my life and to build some resilience it was a setback for me personally um and you know things like this happen to a lot of people whether it's uh in the in their career personal life um so you know naturally i'm not the only person who's ever experienced that but i try to use some parallels from that experience and how somebody else could use that to um to have some resilience and have perspective um, just gain some hope out of a situation like that you um you describe an intimate moment where you told your wife and and you know, obviously she's shedding some tears and you're trying to be strong and and uh, for her and the family and and then you go back to work the next day you know as if it's routine like what were those preceding kind of months like for you in terms of trying to figure out how to weather the storm of of that setback? Yeah, so the next day, you know, I showed up at work. And it was just surreal. It was like, at first, nothing had ever happened. You know, you're in cruise control. You're going through your morning, um, you know, get to the office, same exact time, you know, put my my jacket on the chair. I'm getting ready to start my day. And then the, the chief that I work with, uh, one of my guys, he comes in. He's like, sir, I heard about what happened. You know, I'm sorry. You know, there's got to be some mistake. You know, what's, do you know what's going on? And I was like, chief, I don't really know what's going on. Um, still trying to process all of this. And uh, he's, he's like, look, you're one of the best officers I've ever worked with. Uh, so I've got your back. So whatever you need. And just that relationship just became so great over the next six to nine months 
I finished up my time on active duty and just a, just a great human being and just a great guy. And he was just a person I needed in that, that season. So. Mm, I love that. You dedicate the book to your parents in part to your parents. Um, and you acknowledge their extraordinary resilience um, and hope in the face of the impossible odds. How much did you draw from that? Tell us a little bit more about that. You know, it's, uh, I think you don't really truly uh, appreciate your parents until either number one, they're no longer with you, or, you know, you've been gone from home a really long time, maybe in your twenties, thirties, or even forties for some of us. But, uh, you know, they had some disabilities. Uh, you know, I grew up in just amazing poverty. I, it's almost like another life that I lived, but um, just they were really great human beings, great people who had got dealt a really tough hand. So they both had disabilities. They relied on each other, uh, didn't have much money. And so it was, a you know, looking back, it was, you know, a pretty unique way to grow up. Um, I felt like sometimes I was their caretaker. So I grew up really quick. Um, but yeah, I dedicated the book to them. And, um, you know, just, uh, just they had amazing resilience. Now that I look back, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't realize it. But um, just, you know, very simple people. And just they just love people. And, uh, but, you know, they, they, they had to fight they had to have a lot of resilience. So how did you make the best of this situation then to, is it 2003 where this happened? Yeah. So, you know, so that was 2000, December of 2003. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, I had another six to nine months left on active duty. So there was a transition period and a time to kind of say, okay, you know, what's next and to, to process it, to get myself ready. I was finishing up my, my second college degree. So that was fortunate, um, but not really knowing what I wanted to do initially and, you know, figuring out what I was going to do the rest of my life. So, you know, I got into some different things, project management, consulting, uh, and then eventually I got into my career in sales, thankfully. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just like most people, um, you know, you graduate college or you, you're, you're starting off on a new journey. You're kind of making your way. And so there was a, there was a tough time there for about two years. It was, it was tough, tough, uh, going there. Um, really trying to process what happened. And during that period, my mother had passed away. And so of course, all these things I'm just, I'm dealing with, and I wasn't doing a good job of, of processing it. I wasn't doing a good job and I didn't really have the tools to kind of handle it all at the time. It got to be really overwhelming. So I think there was about a two or three year period there where I was still in transition and still processing. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was really uh, learning some good lessons about resilience. Do you think resilience uh, is something we develop and we prepare before the fight? Or do you think resilience is something we earn having come through the fight? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think I think it was Mike Tyson who said, you know, everybody's got a game plan until you get punched in the face. So, <laughs> so you know, for me, I, I think it's uh, when you're going through the fight, when you're going through something tough, you don't realize it, but you're really uh, you're learning some good lessons. Mm. 
Mm. And you're learning some tools, you're learning how to survive or whatever the case might be. And then eventually you'll learn how to thrive once you come out on the other side of whatever challenge you're going through. So I, I talk about that in the book and how to thrive and how to have perspective and how to, you know, if you are going through a tough time, what are some practical things you can do to stay resilient and to get through? What are the things that um, people would uh, take away from the book that are practical right now, given kind of uncertain COVID times here in the UK, where we're still in a lockdown at the time of recording? You know, I, I would say one thing is, is, is to stay as disciplined as you can. Um, and, and discipline can mean different things to different people, but just the basics. It could be as simple as when your alarm clock goes off, don't hit snooze, you know, get your day started. That's the first win of the day, you know? Uh, so you've got that first win. Next thing you do is you make your bed, get that done. And then you go to the next thing and then to the next thing. And then that translates to, you know, wins throughout the day. So you feel good about yourself. Um, it's really easy if you're going through a tough time to let that stuff go to the wayside and say, well, why should I even do that? You know, we're, we're in quarantine. We're, we're in a unique situation, but um, try to stay as disciplined as you can. Uh, work out, move around, challenge yourself physically, mentally, uh, you know, read. So just keep, keep yourself challenged. Yeah. How long were you? In, in service? So I had a total of eight years on active duty in the Navy. It's, um, it's interesting, you know, did you take, you said that you were, you were glad you found sales. Did you transition well, or did it take some time to figure out who is Bert and what's his uh, skill set and value to the world? Yeah, for me, it, it took some time. It, it did. It, it took about a good two years. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I'd done some project management and just kind of bounced around, did some consulting for a company out of D.C. And, you know, just, you know, and, and some of the companies I worked at, they were just not going through great times. And this is around the Great Recession. So this is 2006, 2007. So, of course, you've got those challenges mm -hmm. that they made things uh, that made things really interesting at the time. So, yeah. but uh <clears throat> One thing I was decent at was conflict resolution, you know, and so someone had pointed that out to me, like, you know, you're pretty good with, you know, with people who are really mad, you know, and getting them to calm down and help them to get perspective. Maybe you should consider sales. And I thought, wow, I just never even thought about it. So uh, did some interviews, landed a sales job and never really looked back. So been in that career field for about 14 years now. Mm. You, um, you talk about the power of words, which is something that I've um, really taken to heart in my leadership journey is that uh, the words are so powerful. Why do you think that words are powerful? You know, we know that negative words are powerful. Mm. I mean, that's, that's kind of a given. I, I, you know, I'm sure there are people in the audience that could say, yeah, you know, somebody said something to me that was negative and still sticks with me to this day. Mm. Um, so the, the converse of that is, is definitely true. Maybe there was somebody in your, your, your background that believed in you and said good things to you. Um, that made an impact. But it's really rare that we take the initiative and we're intentional about talking to ourselves. You know, 
keeping our, our mental health up by saying, you know, Hey, look, I've got, you know, I've got this going for me. I am strong. I am whatever the, the, that is for you. You say that to yourself. So I think the study uh, that I'm referring to is <clears throat> there was a study that mentioned, I think 78% of all the things that we say to ourselves, give or take a little bit is negative. So almost 80% of what we say to ourselves is, is negative throughout the day. And of course, we're getting bombarded by negative messages. So we really have to be intentional with, and I, you know, I'm just like anybody else. I have my days too. Mm. And just being disciplined to say, hey, I am strong. I am resilient. I am capable. And I am, I can do this, whatever it might be, whatever the next challenge is. So I've also um, heard um, research that uh, from a leadership perspective, if your interactions are anything less than a three to one ratio in terms of positive interactions and, and one negative that it's likely to be a um uh an unproductive kind of relationship and and that that kind of goes out to six to one ratio when it's your own kind of partner so the power of words is uh crucial to our kind of connections and relationships that's amazing absolutely um <clears throat> so yeah like i mentioned you know just when I mentioned the power of words, really what we say to ourselves, mm. and just uh, at first it might seem mechanical. If you're just used to being negative and saying negative things to yourself, get a list of things and just read those off to yourself every day. Um, and, you know, I've got an example in the book. So if, if that's kind of new for, for people, they can use that as a good, good way to launch that habit. So. Yeah. Did you, um, did you work on your mindset out of like curiosity or necessity? I think eventually it was just necessity. Mm. I, I think just over the course of time, you know, um, had some positive people come in my life. I learned a lot from people, um, you know, just a lot of connections, good experiences. But I think, you know, ultimately, you know, we're responsible for ourselves, and, you know, we're just at some point we're going to have to just make a decision that we're going to be responsible for our emotional health or mental health, our spiritual health, physical health, whatever that might be. And, you know, nobody can do that for us. I mean, obviously we've got people in our life that help us that are, are a part of that process for sure. But, um, but yeah, you know, we've got to take responsibility and ownership for that. Mm. How does um, faith show up in your journey? So it's, it's a big part. And so, you know, the book is, is three parts. The, the first part is, you know, we talk about setbacks and, um, you know, what yeah, we in humanity, we're all going to have setbacks. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about resilience and then we talk about hope. And for me, as a person of faith, um, that's a big part of my journey. And my mindset is that, you know, faith is really the creation of the future. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's a visualization of, you know, not today, but what could be in the future. So we create our future and uh, we do that with our words, our thoughts. And just talk about the power of hope and hope is looking forward. Mm -hmm. And for, for me, I think, uh, and, and this is just my opinion. So you may get some, some different opinions out there, but um, just having, having the faith in your life, um, having a conversation with God, if you're a person of faith, building that relationship, I think that's a big part of it. So I know 
I kind of see it in society and I'm definitely not the, the person with all the, uh, you know, all the solutions, but I think having a relationship with God and, and building your faith is definitely helpful. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And um, I heard a, a quote recently that basically said faith and fear both believe in a future faith believes in a positive oh, future fear believes in a negative future and i was like oh yeah i like that and uh jeremiah 29 11 which you reference in your book as a as a key part of the always better than yesterday story because i don't know how much you know about my faith and my journey but um i certainly did not pursue jesus i wasn't i was a man of science and uh you know over a space of nine months i i got to a position where i had outwardly prayed for the first time and said is this what i'm supposed to be doing should i be you know what's the effect of is always better than yesterday where i should be headed and within 48 hours i was sent reference to jeremiah 29 11 twice and i'd never been sent scripture in my entire life so when you talk about hope absolutely it's it's above me right now you know plans to give you hope and a future oh that's good that's good so yeah you know we might have some tough days but you know god's plan is he's got a hope and a future so you know change your outlook to the future as much as possible mm. forgive me for flip-flopping around the structure of your book and, yeah. and going back to some of the you know the resilience pieces I, you talk about the paradox of growth and i've been really kind of entertaining paradoxes recently and and um you know we, we know obviously jesus is is the master of paradoxes if you want your life and you need to give it away and what is, in your perspective, the paradox of growth? Well, I touched on one of the factors. Um, I know in, in the U.S., you know, we are prone to just overwork. It's all about, mm -hmm. you know, the American work ethic, and we're going to outwork each other. And, you know, a lot of us, and I'm sure this is the case in a lot of different places, not just America, but, um, you know, it's seven days a week. And just the, the mentality of push, 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 when really eventually I think I think you're just going to burn yourself out. Yep. So one of the paradoxes of growth that I touch upon is is being intentional about getting rest. So taking one day to unplug. If you can't do that, at least 12 hours to just relax and unplug. And, you know, your creativity, your, you know, your ability to, you know, to be resourceful and it's it's only going to go up. It just it seems to not make sense to a lot of people to take a day off and relax. And but uh, I make a, I make a good case mm. in the book. And and full disclosure, um, like intentional rest is something I am not good at. <laughs> it is something I'm not good at. It's uh, so. What practical things might you suggest to to someone like me who is just because it is the paradox of growth. Because you know you love it, you do it, you you, you don't, and. Um, Yes, my one word for this year is intention. How can I be more intentional? You know, if, if you're on a fitness regimen or program, you're going to be intentional that, you know, every day I'm going to show up to the gym or whatever the case might be, or I'm going to do these type of workouts. This is this is my plan. I would just say plan that day, put it on the calendar and say, yeah, I mean, almost like it's something you're going to check off your list is, if it's not 24 hours and at least half a day, mm. of course, you know, spend time with family and, and, you know, eat some good food, rejuvenate yourself, read if you're into that, mm. uh, whatever it is that charges your batteries, definitely do that, you know? Mm. So maybe just 
unplug from work, not think about work for half a day, and then just come back. So I think over the course of time that that usually does a lot of good. And just on cue, I can hear in the background your dog. I think having a dog here in our yeah, family. Yeah, somebody just came in. Yeah, <laughs> so. is, is, uh, having a dog here as well has is, is been great for that um, get outdoors and get out in nature. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's beautiful here right now. So just getting out. And that's one thing I've done since uh, the quarantine has started is just getting out in the middle of the day, walking, get some fresh air, fresh air um just little things because it's really easy to sit and work all day so yeah you use a, a beautiful analogy metaphor um in, in one of your chapters it's about mountains oceans and bamboo bring to life mountains oceans and bamboo yeah so you know that's just kind of an interesting um analogy that i use for all three um so for instance, you know, you know, mountain climbers, um, full disclosure, I'm, I'm not a mountain climber, but I'm, I'm just fascinated with people who, who do that. But, you know, they, they go to a certain altitude and then they take a break. They have to acclimate. So mm. you could take that to mean, you know, whether that's your career, that's your journey. There are definitely times where you have to stop and kind of take in the moment, take in the season you're in, um, you know, just what have you learned and just kind of soak things in, have the growth mindset. And that means that every day is a new day. Every day you're learning something new, um, which is kind of the core of what your program is all about, which I absolutely love. But, um, but yeah, just getting to those plateaus and then regrouping, going to the next base camp. So obviously if you just climbed a mountain and you didn't do that, you're going to hurt yourself. Um, so with oceans, it's kind of the same idea. We talk about, you know, for instance, if you're at the beach and it's a rough day and it's very wavy, you know, it's going to knock you down. You get back up. So fall down seven times, get back up eight. That's kind of the mentality. And we use the example of, you know, I've learned languages in the past. So, you know, it's frustrating. It's uncomfortable, but you just keep going. And uh, so that's kind of the analogy for that. And then for bamboo, uh, you know, it takes five years for a bamboo plant to grow. I think it's five years. It could be five to seven, but um, those first four years, you're not going to have any growth. And and no, it, it's just very uh, discouraging. But eventually that fifth year, it just sprouts up. So it just takes time to, to see progress. I love those analogies. What gives you hope and purpose now we're fast forwarding you know 15 years from your from your time in the um, military service and um what gives you kind of meaning purpose and hope in, in life right now yeah so for me you know obviously my family is is um very important to me but contribution more than anything um contributing to the next generation mm. it, it could be small things just saying an encouraging word uh, to a young man at the gym or just whatever that looks like. But just, I'm in that transition of doing all the good I can as much as I can. So, what, so whatever that looks like. Um, when, it, when it comes to leadership, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the encourager. I'll encourage other leaders to, to, to go as far as you can. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's kind of my my place in the world right now is just encouraging people and uh, trying to be a light wherever I am. Mm-hmm. So. And you've been using your social media profile over the last couple of years to do some crazy challenges to inspire people. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I've, I've got a, a challenge of doing 100,000 push-ups for veteran suicide. Uh, so I'm about three quarters of the way there. Got a ways to go. So it's going to take me about a year and a half to get that done. But so once I get to a certain level, I'll post something about it and just bring awareness to the issue of veteran suicide yeah. in the U.S. Yes, I, uh, I had um, Jason Wood on uh, this time last year, and um, again, former former he's a U.S. veteran, and again talked very passionately about um, you know uh, veteran suicide. And one of the things that really stood out for me from the conversation is just reminding veterans that their country still needs them now, just in very different ways in their homes, in communities, in in roles and you know everything that veterans have have experienced and learned can be put to good use in serving in local communities and what do you think stops people you know what what are some of the challenges that you think veterans face particularly around mental health that's a great question um you know one of the things that comes to mind is uh you you're given so much responsibility at such a young age Mm. um and, you know, you're given a title or, you know, whatever that is. And, you know, so one day you're Lieutenant Smith and then the next day you're not. So, and just the, you know, exactly what the expectations are in the military. When you're a civilian, it's completely different. So I think a lot of veterans have a challenge with the transition period, just kind of going to a new environment you're, you don't have the same identity. So it's an issue of maybe call it an identity crisis. Um, I'm not an expert in that field, but just kind of saying, hey, I'm not Lieutenant so-and-so, I am just John and just making that transition. And some for some veterans, that's, that's tough. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. What is um, the way that you choose to look back on uh, being removed from active service how do you choose to look back on that now you know i was really fortunate i i learned so much on active duty uh leadership you know technical skills you know just a lot of things i can use in in my career in sales or just uh it it could be small things my home life just i think it for me it it was great for me looking back I, i I needed the extra discipline. I needed the, uh, the structure um, and a lot of things that come with that lifestyle. So I, looking back, I'm very appreciative that I had a chance to go through that. So, um, you know, I look back and I, I just made some great friends, learned a lot of great things, a lot of leadership principles that I still use today in my personal life and work life. Um, not in, the, not in you know, the area of management, but just influence and you know, just taking care of things every day. So a lot of tangible, great lessons I learned from the military. Mm. You, um, in each of your chapters, you quote um, somebody, some some profound, if others were to quote something from within your book or something you've said over your years, what? how would they be quoting you? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a great question. Um, 
I've got the book here. So just give me one moment. Um, so I, there's in the section on hope, I talk about, you know, what, what hope is. There's a sentence for hope and just essentially that it's the ability to look to the future and then resilience just gets you through today. And so for some people, you know, that's just a challenge in itself. And so building that resilience muscle, you know, navigating the challenges of today and then staying focused on the future. And that gives you hope to keep going. Um, and whatever that looks like, you know, you can use that metaphor however you want. But um, but yeah, that's that's I can't think of the exact words I use, but that's kind of the, the thesis of the book. I love that. What does the phrase always better than yesterday mean to you? The growth mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's it's a book from a um, uh, uh, professor at Stanford, and the name is kind of escaping me now, but Carol Dweck. Uh, Carol Dweck. Carol Dweck. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. And it's, it's all about not yet. Mm. You know, I'm not good at this mm. yet, or I haven't learned this yet. And I just, I really appreciate that mentality. For me, that was a good switch, you know, because I had the mentality for the longest time that either you are a certain type of person or you're not, you know, you're good at something or you're not, you know, you're a math person or you're not. And it's just simply not true. I mean, you can, you can excel at anything. And so when I see your title, that that's what that means to me is, you know, we're progressing. We're all in the process. We're all trying to get better, whether that's leadership or whether that's, you know, a fitness program, whatever. We're all in the process. Being patient with yourself and being patient with others. I love that. Thank you. So people can connect with you in a, in a number of places. I'll add that in the show notes below. Uh, but um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. How can they get hold of it, a copy of, of your book, Conquer? Yeah, so it's, it's on Amazon. So you can uh, get a paperback or it's on Kindle as well. So it's available on Amazon. Love that. I didn't ask, why the word conquer? You know, I, I wanted a, uh, had some different titles in mind, but I wanted a one word, um, something that was strong and something that would be encouraging to people, uh, especially in this season we're all going through, is that we can conquer. We, we can get through this. Um, you can get through a bad day or you can get through a tough season in your life so you can conquer. And so my hope was just to have a short book with tangible tools for people to use. So they can conquer whatever challenges they're going through. I interpret a lot of meaning in the arrow that's on the page. What's the meaning behind it? Or am I reading too deeply into it? You know, it's it's kind of a graph of life. Life is not it's not linear. Mm. Um, you know, for anybody, I mean, they can see. It. <laughs> so, um, if we're honest with ourselves, it, it's that's probably being nice. Uh, it should probably be a big squiggly line. Um, yeah. But no, it's uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. But just uh, the setbacks and the growth. But I'm really glad we got to have this conversation. Thank you for taking time out of your day to come spend it with us in the community. And I'd be honored if you can share us a final thought from your good self. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. I mean, I, I just had the, the utmost respect for you and what you're doing. And 
uh, your, your courage of stepping out and your, your message. Um, I would just say, uh, you know, uh, tomorrow's a new day and we're all in the process and just be encouraged. You know, uh, God's got great plans for us and just stay focused on what's ahead. I love that. My friend, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Ryan. There we go, episode 123 with Bert Dan. I hope there was something in that conversation that inspired you in some way. I I love the fact that he dedicated the book to his parents, and I also loved the the analogies of mountains, oceans, and bamboo. Those really stood out for me. What stood out for you? I'd love for you to let us know. Either email me at ryanbhartley at gmail.com or tag us in your socials and uh, do let us know. Take some screenshots uh, and do share. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode. This is the first time you've spent time with us here at Always Better Than Yesterday. Thank you. We appreciate it. I hope you'll want to come back and spend some more time with us. Do come and join our Facebook community where that's where we all hang out and uh, help each other be better every single day. So here we go. That's episode 123. And I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. I appreciate you.